Yes, it was six months ago that um, you called me, so it does seem quite a long time, but it is really good to be here. I can't think of a better day to start, as it were, as Easter Sunday, and uh, it's lovely to be here. Um, I look around, I see faces I recognise, names are a bit harder to put uh, faces to names. Uh, For those of you here on Thursday, I said, please, uh, when you come up to me for the next few times, and to Sharon, actually, uh, please introduce yourselves every time because we, yeah, our memories aren't that great. Um, except Malcolm. Malcolm doesn't have to introduce himself. <laughs> you are Fred and you're going to be Fred. Um, but yeah, just to help us remember who you are and your names, it would be really helpful if you just, for the next few weeks, just keep telling us who you are and we will desperately try to remember. Um, There was something else I was going to say, but I've forgotten what it is now. If it comes to me, I'll I'll remember. I hope this is going to work. (laughs) Oh, hang on. It helps if you turn it on, doesn't it, really? There we are. I think it's going to work. So, Easter. In the next 24 hours, and people have been doing it already, over a billion people will celebrate Easter around the world. The question really is that how is something that happened 2,000 years ago, approximately, still be significant today? Something that happened actually in a part of the world that was it's nothing. Judea, Jerusalem at that point. We think of Jerusalem as being important today. Actually, in those days, no, it wasn't that important. So how can something that happened 2,000 years ago in an out-of-the-way place have any significance for us today? What does it mean? Now the fact is, it is a historical fact. There is a lot of evidence for the fact that Jesus rose again from the dead. And uh, we read in the Bible about how many times people saw him, and at one time, 500 people at once saw him. But what does it mean? Come on. Well, the first thing... Oh, by the way, that's what I was going to say. You've got, you may have pieces of paper in front of you that you can have notes on and um, there's gaps in it that you can write in the answers if you want. That's if they come up here. Um, so, come on, work. No, 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 Tim. Andy will know what he's doing. So, if we go back one screen, oh, we know, now go forward one screen. The first thing is, is Jesus is who he claimed to be. Jesus is who he claimed to be. Jesus made many claims, hopefully it's going to work now. Oh, there we are, he does. Jesus is who he claimed to be. Jesus made many tremendous claims. The I am sayings in John, John 11.25 says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. In many ways, the claims that Jesus made were outrageous. You know, basically he said, I am God. I'm perfect. And I am the only way to heaven. I am the saviour of the world. I am the light of the world. Now, you've probably heard that, you know, people would say, Jesus is a great teacher. He said many wonderful things. But actually, a good teacher surely would not simply say, I am God. He wouldn't say that. He couldn't say that. 
You know, I could go out into Stafford and teach people all kinds of good moral truths. And possibly, possibly, they might say, Stephen's a good teacher. But as soon as I started saying, well, actually, I'm God, wonder what people would think. They'd be more like thinking he's a liar or he's mad. You see, Jesus was either who he said he was, or he was mad, or he's a liar. But he said, I am God. And he made some claims and said, what I'm going to do is going to validate who I am. And one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 14, 6, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to God, the Father, except through me. That's a pretty strong claim. He said, I'm the way. He didn't say, I'm one way. He didn't say, I'm a good way, or I'm one of the ways. He simply said, I'm the way. Saying all roads get to heaven is stupid. It's like saying we can dial any phone number and we will get our home phone number. There's only one way to God. There's only one number that will get us home. And there's only one person who will get us to God the Father. He says, I'm the truth. That means any other way is not the truth if he's right. And he claimed to be God. No one can get to God the Father except through me. And the second thing is, Jesus has the power he claimed to have. He said, all power on earth and in heaven is given to me. Because he was God incarnate, he could do everything God could do. And in John 10 verse 18 he says, nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. No force could keep him in the tomb. The Romans killed him. They put him in the tomb. They put a big stone in front of the tomb. They sealed it with a, t- a seal and they posted a 24-hour guide, a 24-hour guard. They were only trying to prevent the inevitable. He had all the power he said he had and he took up his life again. He rose again from the dead. And then thirdly, Jesus does what he promises to do. Mark 10 verse 34 says, They will mock and flog and kill me, but after three days I will come back to life. And that happened. Because as we've read and heard today, the angel said, don't be frightened. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's come back to life again, just as he said he would. He did what he promised. And when God makes a promise, we can count on it. So that's what it means. Because Jesus did rise, he is who he said he was. He has the power he said he had and he kept the promises that he made. But then the question comes, so what? If that's true, so what? So the other question is, why does the resurrection matter? What difference does it make? So what if Jesus is who he said he was? So what if he... uh, has the power he claimed to have. So what? What does it mean to us here in Stafford in 2019? Well, it means three things. The first is our past can be forgiven. And that is the best news of all. That whatever we've done in the past, whatever's been done to us, our past can be forgiven. We often want to start over in life. We all want a fresh start because we feel guilty, we have regrets, things we've said, done and thought that were wrong. All of us would love to have a fresh start. The good news of the Gospel of Jesus Christ and the fact that he's risen again is that we can have this fresh start. And the tragedy is that many people can't get on with the present and the future because they are stuck in the past. Some guilt, some regret has them tied down. 
But this is the good news. He has forgiven all our sins. Colossians 3 verse 14. And cancelled every record of the debt we owed. Christ has done away with it by nailing it to the cross. Jesus has paid for my guilt. He's paid for your guilt. We don't have to pay for it. He wants to forgive our past. Every record of the debt we owe, it's been paid. Emotional debts, relational debts, all our sins, it's been paid. I don't know about you, but when you get a bill and you have to pay it, once you've paid it, you can forget it. Your debt has been paid. You can forget all about it. Once God's forgiven it, we can forget it because he has forgotten it. That is good news. So our past can be forgiven. We don't have to go carrying a load of guilt around. There is no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ. Some of you are probably old enough, like me, to remember Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah. Try drawing a picture. Mess it up. What do you do? Shake it, flip it, and it's gone, and you start again. You clean slate, and you can start that picture again. That's what happens with Jesus, with the death of Jesus. He wipes it clean, and we all can walk out of here today knowing that every single thing we've ever done wrong is completely forgiven. That is the good news. The resurrection says our past is forgiven. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, I came to save it. And he did it by dying on the cross and the proof is a resurrection. So if our past can be forgiven, our present problems can be managed. So often we feel that life is unmanageable and probably it is. Especially if we're a parent. Many of us have been parents or we are parents. And uh, I read this about somebody. He tells his story about himself. That, and this is what he said, before I had children, I used to travel across the country teaching a lecture I called The Ten Commandments for Raising Perfect Kids. And he wrote that before he had kids. After he and Martha had their first child, he changed it to Ten Hints for Parents. After their second child, he relabeled the lecture A Few Tentative Suggestions for Fellow Strugglers. And they said after the arrival of his third child, he gave up speaking on the subtopic altogether. <laughs> Maturity is when we figure out that we can't have it all figured out. Maturity is when we realise that we cannot manage all that life is going to send us. But with God's help, we can. And that also is good news. It's not simply that our past has been forgiven. Our present is manageable. We can't control everything in our life, but God is in control. And God can manage all that's going on in our life. Perhaps sometimes you feel your life is out of control. And I'll tell you that Sharon and I, over the last few weeks, as we've been packing up and thinking, it's felt sometimes out of control. What's going to happen? How's it all going to fit together? How are we going to get to Stafford? And at times it has felt like we're out of control. And you feel powerless to change a situation. And perhaps you feel powerless to break a bad habit, to save a relationship, to get out of debt. Perhaps you feel powerless to manage time and schedule. And we need the power that is greater than ourselves. And the fact is we were never meant to live this life 
simply on our own power. God wants to help us with it. He wants us to have a relationship with himself. And Ephesians 1 verse 20 says, How incredibly great is his power to help those who believe him. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And we can have that power within us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. And that is good news. So that when life feels unmanageable, so when we feel out of control, we know that God has it in his control. Now, none of us knows what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen even tomorrow or even this afternoon. But God does. And the present can be manageable. And he will give us the power, the energy, the strength to face it. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I'm ready for anything through the strength of Christ who lives in me. And no matter how hopeless we may feel our situation, God wants to say, don't give up. No problem is too big for God. No situation is hopeless if we turn it over to him. So, what difference does Easter make? Well, our past can be forgiven, our present problems can be managed, and our future can be secure. That should say future. Come on. Anyway, our future can be secure. The universal problem for all of us, if you like, is we all are going to die. We are. We may not want to talk about it, we may not want to face it, but it's going to happen. And so often we get so busy in the here and now, we don't stop to think about what's going to come. People don't want to talk about death. Invite friends over sometimes, serve them some coffee, and serve them food and say, hey, let's talk about death. Not exactly... uh, a topic you want around the table necessarily. But death is inevitable. It's going to happen to each and every one of us. We just don't know when. So we do need to talk about it. And as Christians, we can face it because our future is secure. And we get into heaven, not on our own goodness, not because any of us are perfect, but we get get in on Jesus' perfect life. Our sins are transferred to him and his perfect life is transferred to us so that when God looks at us, he sees us as perfect. He sees us as holy. And John 17 verse 3 says, This is the way to have eternal life, by knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one he sent to earth. Jesus has paid the price so that we can get into heaven. And the Christian, a Christian is not somebody who follows a religion, who accepts a religion. A Christian is somebody who has a relationship with God. And if you want to get into heaven, you just need to put your trust in Jesus. Turn to him and say thank you. He will try all sorts of different ways to get to heaven, but there is only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ. Christ said, this is the way to eternal life, to know him. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, we have been born again into a life full of hope through Christ rising from the dead. And hope means you don't have anything to fear. Well, none of us, if we know the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, have to fear death anymore. And the fact is, none of us are really ready to live until you are ready to die. You can't really live unless you're not afraid to die. 
And the way to do that is by making peace with God now and then your future is secure. The question is this morning, what is your source of hope? Would you like to have every sin, everything you've ever done wrong, completely forgiven? Because of Jesus you can. Would you like to acquire a new power that will help you manage the problems in your present? Because of Jesus you can have that power. Would you like to have your future secure? That is the difference Easter can make. Understanding why Easter happened, why Christ Christ rose from the dead, and what a difference it made is not enough. You have to do something about it. There has to be some action. Even understanding what I've said this morning is not enough. You have to accept it and act on it. Just say to God, thank you for dying for me. I believe you're alive. I want to have that relationship with you. I want to trust you, to follow you, to get to know you and have a relationship. And that is how the Easter makes a difference in your life. And God wants to say to every one of us this morning, you matter to me. I understand everything about your life. I know what you've done wrong. I know how you've failed. But I love you. And you matter to me. And it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, it doesn't matter what you've done. You can have that relationship because of Easter. God knows you and still loves you. He wants you to know him. So you simply come with an open heart and say, God, here I am. Now this morning all of us here are on at different levels in our spiritual journey. Perhaps some of you aren't sure whether you know God, whether you know the Lord Jesus. You can this morning. You can make sure. You can commit your life to Jesus. Some of you are maybe not sure you'd go to heaven if you die. You can pray and you can know. Some of you perhaps have wandered away a little. But you can come back because it's never too late. Let's pray. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your saviour, perhaps you would like to say, Lord Jesus, I don't know you but I want to know you. Come in, touch my heart and save me today. I'm putting my total trust in you and I want to follow you. Thank you for loving me and dying for me. Help me to understand it more. Perhaps some of you are here this morning and you've just drifted away from Christ. God says to you, with deep love I will draw you back. Just pray, Lord Jesus, I come home today. I want to get it in gear again and I just want to put you first in my life. Perhaps others this morning are barely hanging on, perhaps you're discouraged, perhaps you're depressed, perhaps you're despondent. The pressure and stress has been building up. You feel overwhelmed. And God has brought you here today so he could say to you, just give it to me. Let go and let me work in your life. You just simply say, Lord Jesus, I give you these problems that I'm facing. And I want to give you my life. The good, the bad, the ugly. Fill me with your hope and your presence and power. And Lord Jesus, all of us simply need to know your touch on our lives. We are so grateful for what you've done for us. We thank you that you are alive. And we worship a risen Saviour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.